Let us pray. Our precious Father, we thank you again for this time we have together to study your word. We trust you with this program tonight that you will teach us. We pray, Lord, that you will empower us to speak as your oracles. Let the words of our mouths come inspired by your spirit. Cause every word to have entrance into every hearer to bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are in um, um, Doctrines of the Church, part 7. Our text is Hebrew chapter 13, verse 9. We need to be very attentive and follow because we are delving into an area that is not too uh, people, it's not taught a lot in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, and many people are not too aware of the truth in this scripture, in this teaching that we're having tonight. So our text is Hebrew 13, 9. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. We cannot be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing for the heart to be established with grace. So it's important that we are established in the doctrine of the Bible as Christians, especially in these last days. So today we are looking at the doctrine of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Very important. This is one way that the Holy Spirit carries out his work through the body, through his, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very, very important. But it is so misunderstood and have been so uh, misinterpreted and people have taken advantage of it in so many different ways. People have taught a lot of stuff that the Bible did not sanction, does not underwrite. So we need to go to scriptures and make sure that we understand exactly what the scripture says about these things. And when we know them, then we can yield to them when we're inspired to be used by the Spirit of God in all these giftings. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all eight. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, nine, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by the same Spirit, ten, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another design of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all this worketh that one and same self spirit, <clears throat> dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, there are certain things which you note about this. You know, Vinda, I didn't put it here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I think, verse, chapter 12, verse 1, that God does, want, does not want us to be ignorant about these things. Can you put it up for me? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. It says, God does not want us to be ignorant about these things, and we shouldn't. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not, that you, I will not have you ignorant. So we shouldn't be ignorant about this very important, very important ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. Now, it says again in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, that there are diversities. It said, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are differences of administration, but the same, the same Lord, and are, there are diversities of operations, but it is same God 
which worketh in all diversities of gifts, differences of administration of the gifts, diversities of oppressions, but it is the same Holy Spirit that works all of this. So we may not be able to judge these manifestations of the Spirit by scriptures because the Holy Spirit did not record all the ways it manifests in the scriptures. Diversities of gifts, different administrations, diversities of oppressions. We don't have all the recording in the scripture about all the ways that the Holy Spirit manifests all these gifts. We don't have them in the scripture. He manifests uh, in so different ways, but, but, this is wonderful, but we can still judge it. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit said to judge all things, including this. So there are ways in which we can judge if these diversities of gifts, if these differences of administration, if this, in these uh, diversities of oppression, if it is of the Holy Spirit, so that you don't fall prey to demonic counterfeit. So there are ways we can still judge them. Number one, does he glorify Jesus? Does he lift up Jesus as the Lord and the power of God? Or does he lift up a man instead? Does it give Jesus all the glory or does it give to a man? Very, very important. You need to judge all things. Acts 8, 9 tell, shows us when it is of the devil, what happens. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria. Given now that himself was some great one, verse 10, to whom they all give heed, gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man, this man is the great power of God. This man is the great power of God. And they were all following him. And he was bamboozling them with demonic counterfeit miracles. Now, this didn't give the glory to Jesus, neither did he lift up Jesus as the source of this, the source of it, the power of it behind it. But look at, let's see the real one, the real manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So you can compare for yourself. Acts chapter 3, verse 11. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Simon, greatly wondering. Can you imagine? They were, they were wondering, wow, we've never seen anything like this. So they ran to Peter, verse 12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? He points them to Jesus right away. 13, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. 15, and killed the prince of life, whom God had raised from the dead. Wherefore, we are witnesses, and his name 
through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him had given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. You see, when is the Holy Spirit? It magnified Jesus. It glorified Jesus. It testified that Jesus is the one. This, this thing gives all the glory to Jesus. We should, be, we, should be, we should not be children. We should not be in a hurry about supernatural things. I know we get excited about it, but we must judge everything. Lest we get deceived. Number two, do they violate the word of God and the doctrines of scripture in their teachings? Because the Holy Spirit will not confirm a lie with his works of miracle. Look at Isaiah 8.20. Look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. The Holy Spirit will not confirm the work of Satan, the lies of Satan, the deceit of Satan with his act of miracle. There is no meeting point between light and darkness. So when they teach what is not Bible, what violates scripture, the, word, the Holy Spirit cannot confirm it with signs and wonders, cannot confirm it with the acts of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 4, 5. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God. Those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of the truth or the spirit of deception. Is he speaking from world point of view, theological point of view, or is he speaking scriptures from God's point of view? Is he speaking the word of God? Is he speaking Bible, truth? Or is he using Bible to support what is not truth? Number three. Does he set aside the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Which is part of number two, really. It shouldn't be number three. It's all part of teaching the Bible. Do they set aside the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and look down on the cross? Wherever you see that kind of thing, that's not the Holy Spirit at all. Look at it in Galatians 1.6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Christ, who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. A different gospel. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ, taking you away from the grace of Christ to works and all those kind of things. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be a cost. Verse 9. And we have said before, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what, we have, than what you have received, let him be a cost. What gospel did they preach? Go back to the same verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, from Jesus, who called you in the grace of Christ, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I can't set aside the grace of God. If you set aside the grace of God, the Holy Spirit says in the Holy Bible that you are cut off from Christ. You are cut off from Christ, and Christ shall profit you nothing. 
For it is by grace we are saved. It is by grace that we receive all the blessings of God that Jesus paid for. When you are, when you are preaching something that cuts people off from Christ, how can the Holy Spirit be, be, be doing miracles to confirm that? It's as simple as ABC. I know we are so bamboozled easily. Once we see miracles, once we see we have miracle, miracle, we get so carried away. But we should grow up and be matured and know that there is an opposing kingdom that is also faking these things to deceive people, especially in the last days in which we live. Do they make merchandise of people? Does he glorify the devil now? One preacher said that he went to church. He said in their sermon, he had mostly about the devil and a few times about Jesus. Let us pray and show the devil. Let's do that and, and let the devil see you do that. You're not doing it to let the devil see you for God's sake. He said, he said I could count few times they mentioned Jesus and mostly they're talking about it. They don't understand that that is really worship of Satan. Though. They mean well. Everything is like, show the devil. We're not here to show the devil. The church is to glorify Jesus. Is it, is it, is it, does it make merchandise of people? Is it about money? Does it glorify the devil? Always focusing on the devil or money? Are they immoral people? Do they lack integrity, accountability? Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. Second Peter 2.2. 2. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered, verse 3. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. Child of God, be careful. Be careful. Be very careful. Don't follow the crowd. Follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the scripture. Now, example of different manifestations, even in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, different ways the Holy Spirit can do something, even in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's an example. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 23. So he took the blind man by the hand and laid him out of the town. When he had spit on his eyes, Jesus spit poor into the eyes and put his hand on him. He asked him if he saw anything. That's the Holy Spirit walking. He spit into his eyes. But you can't go spitting into people's eyes if it, unless he inspires you to do the same. Now look at another spitting, Mark 7, 32. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears. Listen to this. Put his fingers in his ears and his part in his finger and touched his tongue. The other one is spitting to the eye. This one is his part and touched the tongue. And touched the tongue. Different, different manifestations, but the same spirit of God. 
touched the tongue, then looked up to heaven and sighed and said to him, Ephetha, which is be opened. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. There are different diversities of gift. There are different administration and diversities of operation. And this still happens today. It does happen. But we need to check them against the background of what the scripture has revealed to us as we studied right now. Now, we need to know that these gifts are not earned. They are given according to the purpose of God for each one of us. Second Timothy 1.9 Who have saved us, called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You see, he called us according to his own purpose, what he wants to do with our lives. He said, you did not call me, but I, I called you. So it is given according to divine purpose for each person's life. And they are the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They are what the Holy Spirit does. It's not what you do. So you can't switch it off and on. Again, that's how you know fake. When you can switch on, off and on, what doesn't belong to you, what is not your action, it's obvious fake. In verse 7, verse 7 where we read of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Verse 11, but all this worketh that one and self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. It is the spirit that gives to every man, every Christian. It's not for a special group of people. It's not for pastors only. No, the gift of the spirit is given to the body of Christ. When Paul was talking about it, he said we should desire the best gift. Everybody should desire the best gift. So it is the body of Christ that every, every Christian has, God has a purpose for calling him and purpose for using him. So it is for, for every Christian to discover what his, what his gifting is and, and operate in that. So it says, but the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to every man to profit with us. So the purpose is for the ministry to the people. It's called ministry gift because it is gift used to minister to people. That's why it's called ministry gift as opposed to the offices of the church. They are not the same thing. Ministry gift. It's used to minister to people. The Holy Spirit uses it to minister to people. Now, because of time, because I'm just trying to give us the summary of all these things, there are also some times these things benefit you in your private life. In your private life. They can benefit you in your private life. But right now we're talking about the ministry gift of the Holy Spirit. So they're the doings of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation that the Holy Spirit does. If I'm the one doing something in your life, it's not you now. I do it when I want, where I want, how I want. So you don't have control over it. It's not you now. Now here's another Translation, say 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses 
for each believer as he chooses, where he chooses, how he chooses, where he chooses. We don't choose it. Really, we don't choose it. We don't. Now, the purpose of these gifts is made clear, like we read, but by verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. It's the ministry, it's ministry gift for every man to minister to people. To minister to people. Now, this is a serious warning that we need to bring here because we, you know, we are naturally <clears throat> excited about the supernatural. People totally who are ignorant of these gifts, and many don't even understand these gifts, thinking they can always do that when they like, operate them when they want. They have given all manner of interpretation to all these giftings, all manner of ideas how they operate, and they set out claiming they have them. And they start operating them on their own. If you are here, if, can you listen to me? It is dangerous. Very dangerous. Apart from using the Holy Spirit in vain, you are opening the door to demons. And if they ever get in and get hold of you in doing that kind of junk, they will perpetuate you in deceit. It will be difficult for you to realize you are wrong. You we will defend it and fight over it because you are under demonic delusion. Serious delusion. You will need to pray yourself out of it because you put yourself in that. That's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You don't do the Holy Spirit out of presumption, thinking I can do it. You can't. Don't use the Holy Spirit name, the Holy Spirit, and be doing stuff that can destroy you. Don't do that. Be humble enough to study, to learn, to know how these things operate so that you honor Jesus with your life. Don't let the devil into your life. Demons are dangerous people. They are terribly dangerous. Don't mess around with stuff like that. If people are doing it, don't join. Be content with what you're doing, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about the gifts. There are three classes of this manifestation according to what they do. Then we follow the scripture, and let me tell you something, that the Holy Spirit lists them in the order of importance. Every time the Holy Spirit lists out something, he lists it in the order of importance. It, it's not, it doesn't list things just anyhow, no. He's very orderly. He starts from the order of importance and goes down. Anytime he lists anything, and that if you are going to really operate with the Holy Spirit, don't change the order yourself. Don't change that order. So he started off with the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts, gifts that reveal something. Gifts that are manifest by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. There are three of them. The first one that the Holy Spirit leads in all these things is the word of wisdom. Followed by the word of knowledge. You will find the sending of spirit at the seventh position. The first one, the most important of them all, is the word of wisdom. Followed by the word of knowledge. And as we study, we find out why the word of wisdom is number one. 
of all of them. So in the word of wisdom, what it is not now, because I've had people teach these things, and it's not true. It's wrong. Because they won't, they won't study the Bible. The word of wisdom is not the natural wisdom. It's not anything natural. All these gifts are supernatural activities of the Holy Spirit. It's not human. It's not the natural wisdom God gave to Solomon or the wisdom to deal with the affairs of life, which every believer is expected to operate and have. And the Bible says if you lack it, you ask, God will give you. It's not, it's not, it's not the same, people. It's not, don't, if you are teaching it, please stop. Please stop. The word of wisdom is not operated by every believer. Every believer should have the wisdom to deal with the affairs of life. It should come from scripture. If you like it, God will give you. But the word of wisdom is not operated by the Holy Spirit in every believer. Just like every other gift is not operated in every believer. He chooses whom he uses for these things. So it's not the same. It's not. Every Christian is supposed to have wisdom to deal with the affairs of life. But the word of wisdom is not operated in every believer. No, it is only those through whom God manifests this gift. Just like every other gift in those nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what is the word of wisdom? Again, he didn't say wisdom. He said the word of wisdom. It's a supernatural. Again, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, like we said. is the manifestation. is the Holy Spirit doing it. It's not man. It's a supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit to a person about God's will, about God's plan, about God's purpose, in the mind of God. It's not human knowledge or human, no, no. This is exclusively about God's purpose, about God's will, about God's plan in his mind. That's why it's the number one gift because there is nothing more important than the will of God. There is nothing more important than the purpose of the living God, nothing. Nothing. That's why the Holy Spirit put it number one there. There is nothing to compare with this gift in order the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Example of that is that the prophets foretold the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah, all the prophets wrote about him. They were writing the plan of God, the purpose of God, the will of God for humanity. And you will hear the scripture said that the, prophet, the holy prophets said, as written by the holy prophets, as written by the holy prophets, quoting the prophets, the prophets, 
they said, they said, they said. That's a typical word of wisdom. Again, it's not, it's not human wisdom. It's not human. It's not natural. This is God's revealing by the Holy Spirit to you his plan, his purpose, his will. What he plans to do. What he has planned to execute. It's not what God has planned to do. What he has planned to execute. That's the highest manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And all prophets, I want you to listen to me, every prophet manifests the word of wisdom. If you claim to be a prophet and you don't manifest what the wisdom, you might think maybe you, are, maybe you have other calling, but not that one. Look at Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. That's why the prophets are the ears and eyes of a church. Ears and eyes. A prophet, it's an interesting calling. A pro, it's exciting. I love watching prophets because you know the, the, the way they act, when the anointing comes on them to stand in that office, it's something else. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, like, I love watching prophets preach under prophetic anointing. And I know some of you in this church who are prophets. When they stand up and start talking, Sometimes they are really emphatic in men, and they can tell you what you don't like. After anointing inspires them, tell you right away. They really don't have too much time for niceties. So, the word of wisdom, we now know what it is. Now the word of knowledge, what it is not. It is not the gift of knowledge. There is nothing like gift of knowledge in the whole Bible. There is absolutely nothing like the gift of knowledge in the whole Bible. It is again not a natural knowledge. Like we said, these are supernatural Activities of the Holy Spirit. It's not activities of human beings. Supernatural doings of the Holy Spirit himself. So what is it? It is also a supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning some things in the mind of God, always coming from the mind of God, some things about Places about things about people that is happening presently or has happened. 
Word of wisdom about what God is going to do. His purpose, his plan, his will revealed. Word of knowledge about people, concerning people, concerning places, concerning things. Facts about them happening presently or that has happened before. Not about the future. The word of wisdom is always about future because it is God's purpose, his will, his plan for future being revealed. A virgin should have a child. His name should be called Emmanuel. That's word of wisdom. It's always future. Word of knowledge is about present and past concerning a place, concerning a people, concerning um, things in the mind of God that God knows. And he, by supernatural means of the Holy Spirit, reveals it to you. Now, this revelation to you about people or things or place is not to run them down. It's not to condemn them. It's not to shame them publicly or disgrace them. Primarily. Primarily. Because the scripture says those who sin you can rebuke publicly. That's a different one. Because that's not a revelation. They sin, we found it out. <laughs> you know, they say you can rebuke them publicly. Those who are stubborn will not listen to their pastor or anything. They say you can rebuke them publicly. So that's where we learn. That's a different one. That's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about is that God is revealing something about a place, about a thing, about people. It is not primarily to disgrace them in public. The law of love guides what the Holy Spirit does. We speak the truth in love. We do all things unto edification. Why am I saying this? Because he says that in that First Corinthians 12, it says everything should be done for edification. For the profit of all. For the benefit of all. It's not for gossiping. It's not to go around and start gossiping about people. And of course, mostly, the Lord will not reveal to you the bad size of people generally. He will not. Unless you are in your official calling, God helps, wants you to help a member you are pastoring. He can help you to see this is what is happening and this is what you need to do to help them, correct them. Because you call that person in love and discuss to restore. He that restores the soul is wise. It's not to disgrace him and finish him. That's not what it is for. Now we know what the word of knowledge is. We know the difference between the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Discerning of spirit. Verse 10. It says to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. What is it? What is not? It is not fault finding in other people. It is not fault finding in other people. 
That's not discernment of spirit. That's the ministry of the Pharisees, going around and finding fault. When you are proud, when you're a Pharisee, you go into the temple and say, God, look at how good I am. I'm not like other men. It is that self, false sense of importance that comes from self-righteousness that makes a person exalt himself above another human being. The Bible says we should count others that they are better than us in honor, preferring one another. That's scripture. That's scripture. Fault finding is not scripture. It's good to give constructive advice to help, but when you start picking, pick, picking forth everywhere, that demonic spirit, that's not Bible. So, design of spirit is not fault finding, looking to find fault the sin of other people. You say, ah, I've designed them. You didn't design anything. What you designed is your ignorance. So what is it? This is a supernatural, again, supernatural because it's the activity of the Holy Spirit, revelation by the Holy Spirit that gives insight into the spirit realm. That's it. They call it seeing visions. It's not just only seeing, but hearing. Now, let me stop here and warn. Please, listen to me. Do not look for audible voice. Never. Don't. If you do, you start hearing voices, demons will accommodate you. Please don't. Never. To discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. Now, when, when you see a vision, you will hear those spirits. You will hear what they say. So don't, pass, don't start perceiving audible voice. No. No, that's not it. So it's a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit that gives you insight into the spirit realm. Into the spirit realm. While we're at it, I want to say that the, the, the book by Knehagen about the, the Holy Spirit and his gifts, very, very good. I recommend it to every Christian to read. Some of the things here came out of that book. The Holy Spirit and his gifts. To discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. Therefore, this means seeing or hearing in the spirit realm. Seeing or hearing in the spirit realm. To see not just demonic spirit, but to see all ranges of spirit. Angels and demonic spirits you can see. Spirits. Spirits. About spiritual realm and seeing spirit, spirit realm. Spirits. Now, this can happen through dreams. You can see angels. You can see them through dreams. It can happen through open vision. Your eyes is open. You are, you are conscious of everything, but you see those spirits. It can happen through trance, like Peter had a trance concerning the people that Cornelius sent. Trance is that your, your, your awareness is suspended. But the open vision, your awareness is not suspended. Now, let's see a typical now, the, the beautiful thing about it is that word of wisdom, word of knowledge, can all operate through discerning of spirit. All of them. You see, this, this, these gifts can interplay each other. That's why you should know which one. So, the one there, it's interesting to see the Holy Spirit use you 
especially again when you are in your private life, sometimes in your place of prayer, he can give you message for your life. You can give, he can show you things in the spirit life concerning you. That's why it's good to know these things. But what we're talking about, the public one. But also in your private life, sometimes it does manifest for you as an individual, for your own personal benefit too. It does sometimes. So, God can give you a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, through discerning of spirit, in dreams, open vision, through trance. They can. Let's, let's see a typical example of word of wisdom, I mean, word of knowledge given through uh, vision. Acts 9, verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Ananias. And to him the Lord said, in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Word of knowledge happening now. Happening now. He is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named and Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. That is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit concerning a person happening now. All of this is always to fulfill the purpose of God. Happening now. Through vision. So we've dealt with word of wisdom. We know what it is. Word of knowledge, we know what it is. Discerning of spirit, we know what it is. Revelation into the spirit realm can come to you through dream, through visions, through trance. Now let's go to the second one. The second group. Now I'm no more following the order. I just, just want to get through, see how, how far we go. The second group. The vocal gift or inspirational gift. Or utterance gift. You know that I didn't want to really follow the order. I said that when I was preparing it, I forgot to, to continue to arrange it in that order. So since I forgot, here I am, so I just have to be teaching. The vocal gift, or inspirational gift, or utterance gift. It is called vocal gift because it manifests by saying, and it comes by inspiration. It manifests by utterance but it comes by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The gifts that say things, they come by inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say something. There are three of them. The simple gift of prophecy, verse 10. To another prophecy, to another prophecy, verse 10. What it is not. It's not about telling the future. It is, I know many Christians will be shocked, but this gift of prophecy is not about telling the future. It's not about telling the future. What is it then? It is a spiritual utterance inspired by the Holy Spirit in a known language. In a known language. 
supernatural utterance inspired by the Holy Spirit in a known language. The language you know how to speak. What is the purpose? It is defined in 1 Corinthians 14.3. But he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. And we need, Paul said, I, I wish everybody would, would have this gift. Why? So many people are backsliding from their Christian faith because of discouragement. The devil is putting, adding pressure on them. And this gift comes a long way. People who operate it, even if you are down, once they start talking to you, before long, you, you jump up and start, you start laughing. You start, man, you just like, wow. It's like you came back from life, from death. This gift is needed. Paul said, I wish all of you can prophesy and be in this gift. Because the enemy is piling pressure on Christians. Many are backsliding through the back door. Out of pressure, discouragement. This is needed. And again, I sit in my chair here and I see some of our pastors operate this gift from this pulpit. Operate it in a marvelous manner, with love in their heart. Men, when, when they finish preaching, you want to jump up. You want to jump up. You are shouting all over the place because it's, this gift has brought you ex, 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 encouragement, edification, exhortation. Men, you are ready to roll again. All these gifts operate here. I'm telling you, they do operate here. If you understand the way you see them, you recognize it. They do operate a lot. Some of them, I've not seen a lot, but some I've seen a lot more. So the gift of prophecy, this is what it does. It speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the language they understand. That is the gift of prophecy. People, simple prophecy. This is different from the office of a prophet. Office of a prophet is one of the five offices of the church. The gift of prophecy is one of the nine Ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. Office of a prophet is one of the five offices of the church. Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. See, he gave some. He gave some apostles followed by prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So the five offices of the church is named here. Prophet is one of them. So the office of the prophet, like we said before, has to have word of wisdom because God says, I won't do anything unless I reveal it to a prophet. So they operate word of wisdom. The office of the prophet also operates this simple gift of prophecy too. So you see, if you're a prophet, you have to operate word of wisdom you have to operate this simple, simple gift of prophecy or speaking to men on the edification, exhortation, and, you know, so now let's see an example. Acts 15 verse 30. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. And listen to this. And Judas and Silas being prophets, being prophets also themselves exhorted the brethren 
with many words confirming them. They, they rose up and brought edification, exhortation to a church that was being persecuted. Being prophet, they exhorted them. He said, this prophet speaks to men unto edification, exhortation, and comfort. They exhorted them, confirming it. So every prophet operates this simple gift of exhorting people, edifying people, and comforting people. It's, it comes as an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You don't just do it because you have wisdom. You don't just do it because you have wisdom. It comes as the Spirit anoints you for it and uses you to speak to people. Again, that you have manifesting the simple gift of prophecy does not make you a prophet. And that you have the word of wisdom does not make you a prophet. But every prophet operates word of wisdom. And simple gifts of prophecy. At least three revelation gifts. That is, if you look at the life of prophets in the Bible, you see them do that. If you look at the life of an evangelist in the Bible, you will see what gifts are present in the life of an evangelist. You will see it right there. You will see it. It is by looking at what has happened that you know what operates in these gifts and offices. I want to say something very important. And please listen to me. God did not put prophets in the church to guide believers. None. God never put prophets in the church to guide you. Who to marry, who not to bring his picture. That's what? What picture? God did not put prophets in the church to guide believers. There, there are a lot of people in the junk heap of life following prophets. <laughs> I don't know the last election, people prophesy all manner of junk all over the place. People are following all manner of prophets. I was just laughing my head off. And some people believe them. God did not put prophets in the church to guide believers. Let me say it again. God did not put prophets in the church of Jesus Christ to guide any believer. There's not a single record where anybody in the church of Christ in the New Testament went to a prophet for guidance. And they did a lot of, they sought a lot of guidance, but not with prophet. In the Old Testament, yes, because they didn't have the Spirit of God in them, so they needed a prophet and they went to the prophet for guidance. But in the New Testament, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He speaks to us. We are alive. We are not dead. We are to be led by the Spirit of God, each one of us. That's how we live our life then. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. So I don't need no prophet, no. Hear his voice. I know him. He knows me. I follow him. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of man. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And, they, and I know them, and they follow me. So why should you go to a prophet? A prophet greater than Jesus? <clears throat> now let's see an example of how the early church sought guidance. In a very important situation, did they go to a prophet? No. They followed scripture, and they went to ask God, Acts 1.14, 1 
These are all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. 15, and in this last, in in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. And there were prophets among them. We talked about Judas now and Silas. They were there. 16, men and brethren, this scripture must needs be fulfilled. They went to scripture for guidance. This scripture must need to be fulfilled. Quit the Holy Spirit by the mouth of David speak. David being a prophet. By the mouth of David speak. Before, concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus, 17. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry, 18. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out, 19. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem in so much as that field is called in their, proper, in their proper language, Aseldama, that is to say, the field of blood, 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, see they follow scripture. They <laughs> in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishop prick, let another take with me, somebody should replace him. They say this is what the word of God directs. Twenty-one. Wherefore, of these men which have which accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, twenty-two, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. Twenty-three. And they appointed two: Joseph called Basabas, who was surnamed Justus, and Matthias, and they prayed. And said, Thou Lord, who knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave both their lots. And the Lord fell upon Matthias. He was numbered with these 11 apostles. They gave forth their lords. I mean, they voted. But they went to God and said, show us. We need guidance here. The scriptures say this. We need guidance, Lord. That's what you should do. Go to God. Say, Lord, I need guidance. Because you lead me by your spirit. Go to scripture. Find what the scripture is saying about it. And God will give you guidance. Don't go to a prophet. I'm good there, prophet. And, and if anybody gives you prophecy or whatever, but that your spirit didn't even know before, threw it away. God does not gossip going around talking about you with somebody else. No. He will tell you things if you are not hearing it, he might use somebody to, to bring it to your notice. I say, ah, this thing has been on my mind. Oh my God. Yeah, God is using this because you are not hearing. He's been talking to you, who listen. He might bring somebody to bring it to your notice, but he will first talk to you. He will first talk to you. Now we'll come to, we've spoken about uh, 
the simple gift of prophecy. Now we'll talk about diverse tongues. Diverse tongues and then interpretation of tongues because all this come under the vocal gifts that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Diverse tongues. It says, verse 10, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. What is tongues? Speaking in tongues. Simply put, it is a supernatural utterance inspired by the Holy Spirit in an unknown tongue. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance inspired by the Holy Spirit in a known tongue, in the language you understand. Now, this is a supernatural utterance inspired by the Holy Spirit in an unknown tongue, in a language never learned nor understood by the speaker, nor even necessarily understood by the hearers. This is from the Holy Spirit and his gifts by uh, Reverend Kenny Hagin. In an unknown tongue, in a language never learned nor understood by the speaker, nor even necessarily understood by the hearers. The hearers may or may not understand it, but the speaker does not. The hearers may or may not, and we are going to find out how this is. But the speaker himself, who is speaking, it does not know. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's saying. The intellect is not useful here. It disconnects the speaker's intellect. It is a supernatural, inspirational gift of the Holy Spirit to speak a language that you don't know. And what it is not, it's not an ability to speak linguistic uh, languages. It has nothing to do with mind and understanding at all. Now, Let's talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. This gives us the ability to speak in tongues. I want you to follow me here because we need to distinguish between speaking in tongues when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and the gift of diverse tongues. They are not the same thing. You need to understand the difference. Let's you mix it up. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to speak in tongues and pray in tongues. This is for every believer. Whereas the diverse tongues, it's not for every believer. It is the same thing with other gifts of the Spirit. That is, it is as the Spirit chooses who he will manifest this one through. But the speaking in tongues are baptism. is for every believer who is baptized in the Holy Spirit. But not every believer baptized in the Holy Spirit manifests the diverse tongues. Not every believer. Because the diverse tongues is one of the ministry gifts along with prophecy, Working on miracles and other things. So the same way you, not everybody has the working on miracles. So not everybody has diverse tongues too. But everybody who is a Christian baptized in the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. Should speak in tongues. And the purpose of this being speaking in tongues at baptism of the Holy Spirit is primarily devotional. It is primarily devotional. Primarily for prayers. That's why some people call it our prayer language. It is primarily devotional. Look at 1 Corinthians 14.2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. This is the best way to pray. 
First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. It can't be better than this. When the Holy Spirit is praying, it's inspiring it and praying through your spirit. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. And when you pray in this spirit, you edify yourself. You build yourself up. You charge yourself. Charge up your spirit. Charge yourself. Jude one twenty. But you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively, progressively, build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. When you do this, it brings edification, charging yourself up, building yourself up. And let me say it right here. Speaking in tongues is a gateway to the supernatural. If you have not been praying in tongues, you are missing a lot. It is, it is, it is super, better than anything else you are doing. When the Holy Spirit is inspiring a prayer, you can't do better than him. When the Holy Spirit is using your spirit, charges you up, man. It brings you into the, it is the open door to the supernatural of God. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, really pray in the Holy Spirit for some time, you, 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 you walk into, a, you get into a, a, a realm that is not normal. I'm not kidding. You get into a realm, you get revelation, all my of things happen there. You have so charged yourself up. You have so tied yourself up that you have left, you, 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 you transcend yourself sometimes into the, into, the, into the, how do I put it, into the eternal realm. That's not natural. Time ceases to exist for you. Christians who don't pray in the spirit miss a lot. You miss a lot. And people who don't take it serious, five minutes, ten minutes, no, 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 it's not like that. You need to really pray in the Spirit and pray in the Holy Spirit. I don't have time, I should have shared with you people my own life, the way I pray and how it works for me. Because I know it works. First Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue, it defies himself. That's what it does. So the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, not you. It is the Holy Spirit speaking through you like we saw. Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. They, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. Four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. He inspired what they were saying. You don't teach people to do that. It is activity of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit within you prays through your spirit. It is only for born-again Christians. Now, diverse tongues, like we said, it's a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Like we said before, a language not learned by the speaker or even understood by him or even by his hearer sometimes. But it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit now to minister to people. This is different from the one when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues for primarily 
for prayers. But this one now is ministry gift. By speaking in an unknown language, you bring message to people. You bring message to them. It's not the something as the one that we pray in the spirit. Everyone can pray in the spirit. No. Not everybody can bring this message through this means, except those that the Holy Spirit has chosen to be inspired to bring this message to people. Now, prophecy, and I want you to listen to me. Prophecy, the gifts of prophecy that speaks to men unto edification, you know, comfort, is, is the same thing as the, the, the uh, giving message in tongues. If you have an interpreter. Because both of them do the same. This message in prophecy is brought in known language. This message is brought in tongue and interpreted. But they all work to edify you, comfort you, encourage you. Now, but let's see. First Corinthians 4 5. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. But even more, that you prophesied. Paul said, man, I wish everybody can prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. If you stop there, say, see? Ha! If you speak in prophecy, you are greater. No, he qualifies it later on. Unless, there is an unless. Indeed, he interprets. That why? That the church may receive edification. He who prophesies speaks of the edification. He who speaks in tongues speaks on the edification, but when it is interpreted, it becomes a quote to prophecy because they are doing the same. Again, the gift of diverse tongues is a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit to give a message in an unknown language, just as other gifts of the public ministry for the benefit of all. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And, and God has said some in the church, first apostles, and then secondarily, prophets, totally teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, government, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, so you see. So Paul is discussing this ministry gift here, are all apostles. So everybody's not, are, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracle, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues. So you see, it's not everybody can that manifest these diverse gifts of tongues. So some people say, oh, do they, they say, Paul said, you know, everybody should not speak in tongues. It's not what he's saying. He's talking about ministry gift. Do all have miracles? Do all, are all apostles that all heal? Do all speak in tongues? Do all manifest this gift of diverse tongues? Do all interpret? So he's talking about the gift. If you read verse 31, you will see the confirmation. But covet honestly the best gift. So it's not talking about it's not talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and then you know speaking in tongues. No, he's talking about diverse tongues, the gift, ministry gift of diverse tongues. Not everybody has it. That's what he's saying. And then the Lord Jesus said, speaking in tongues is what every Christian should have. So it's not contradicting Jesus here. He's just talking about this gift. Are all apostles? Do all have miracles? Do all have this? Do all have these diverse tongues? Do all have gifts of healing? So you, just, so you say, no, not everybody. Now look at Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not 
shall be done. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cut out devils, devils and they shall speak with new tongues. All that believe, believers should be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak with new tongues. Now, in public ministry of diverse tongues to unbelievers now. Public ministry of diverse tongues to unbelievers. To unbelievers. To unbelievers. People, to unbelievers. It's ministry to the public. We said there's ministry that brings message to the church. There's ministry that brings message to the unbelievers. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak unto these people. And yet, for all that, for all that they will not hear me, said the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are a sign not for them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them that believe. So tongues is a sign to them that believe not. Now, let's see how it works. Acts chapter 2 verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these people who speak Galileans? How hear we, every man in our own tongue, Wherein we were born, Persians, Medes, Elamites, the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, in Cappadocia, in Pontus, in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, in parts of Libya, about, about Cyrene, and strangers in Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. So it became a sign to them. They said, what is this? <laughs> We've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. Twelve, and they were all amazed. And we are in doubt, saying to one another, what means this? Tongues is a sign. These diverse tongues, when used in public ministry to the unbelievers, it's a sign to them that there is God. I had a story about a, a taste professor who the daughter went, on a, 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 went to a, a, a conference and got baptized the Holy Spirit and came back and started speaking a language the, the man knew that that girl never knew. It was, a, I think they say, a native language of mother or something. The, the man was baffled. He knew this girl never learned this thing. It was a sign to him. And the man finally gave his life to Christ and wrote a book. See? Diverse tongues of tongues. It's a sign to the unbelievers. But you know, it is also, it ministers to the believer in public ministry to the saints of God. There needs to be an interpreter. I got to finish this thing. Just a few more when we're done. There needs to be an interpreter to edify the hearer. First Corinthians 14, 24. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by one, by, by two, or at least most by three, that of course, that by course, and let one interpret. If you bring message in a known tongue, he said there should be an interpreter. But if there is no interpreter, let him sal be silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God alone. Because when you bring a message in tongue and there is no interpreter, nobody benefits from it. That's what Paul is saying. First Corinthians 14, 39, wherefore, Brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. You cannot forbid it. But he's saying when you want to bring a message, public ministry message to the church, it's called ministry gift. 
you have a message, there should be an interpreter. Otherwise, the message you brought will be lost. Nobody will understand it. 1 Corinthians 14, 16. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? So likewise, you, unless you utter by the tongue, what's easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? So, you see, so it's important that when you bring public message in tongues, that there's an interpreter that will make it known in the, to people. And that brings us to the last one. Interpretation of tongues is simply giving an interpretation of the message given in tongues in a known language. And this is also inspired by the Holy Spirit. When you look at the list, interpretation of tongues is the last one. Why? It's so limited in scope because it depends on, it doesn't operate unless there's a message in tongues. So it's so limited in scope. It's the last one in that list of uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for explaining these things to us because you use us in it. You want us, you said you don't want to be ignorant about it because you use us in all of these things. I pray, Lord, that you help us to really be interested to study this so that our usefulness to you will be maximum. So don't limit how much you use us and even the benefit accruing to us from all of these things. So that, Lord, we live in the capacity you want us to live, that through our lives, you will do your work while we're here on earth. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.